One, Forever Alone, is an ongoing story-based podcast and is a work of fiction. You can find this podcast on Himalaya, iTunes, and wherever else podcasts are found. Chapter 8 Social Adjustments Bro, seriously? Are you having trouble jumping curves now? The scorching heat was gone. My thoughts cleared. I felt the energy to my body returned as the voice registered in my mind. It was Jonathan, my best friend since childhood. I looked up at him and remembered this place, this time. He was 15, the same age I was. Dressed in worn jeans and a t-shirt, we would ride our skateboards around the neighborhood, finding any way we could to escape boredom. The pain I had shifted. It was not from my knees. They were padded, but my hands that scraped against the curb when I tried to jump up on it from the street. The building before me, that was destroyed by fire, was fully restored. Fireside Ribs was the name of the establishment. It all came back to me. It was the first restaurant my father took Jonathan and I to as kids. Since then, it became our hangout spot, to the delight of the owners. So, what, you just plan to stay there all day? Jonathan said jokingly. This was more than a memory, or even a dream. It felt so real. I could feel the summer sun against my face. I could smell the barbecue in the air. Yet another impossibility was before my eyes, and no matter how much logic told me it was impossible, my being itself told me it was real. I didn't feel detached from the scene before me. I was fully part of it. I knew what I needed to do, exactly what I needed to say. Jonathan reached out and helped me up from the ground. I looked around. It was amazing. Wall Street was exactly how I remembered it vibrant and full of people coming and going from its many stores and restaurants. It was a warm and pleasant day. The sky was bright blue, with only scattered clouds, shimmering white. The cool air caressed my face, freeing me of all my previous burdens. What are you saying, man? I would have made that jump. There was a rock. It, it got stuck under my board. I retorted without thought. The words flowed as if rehearsed for hours, or better yet, spoken only moments before. The scene laid out before me was most definitely from the past, and yet at that moment, I was fully entrenched in that time. My actions and movements matched exactly what I remembered, but there was also the relief I felt from seeing him. Watching through my own eyes was the best way I could describe it. A dreamer that knows it is a dream and accepts it, watching it unfold. Yeah, yeah, there's always a rock or a branch or a crack in the street or something. 
You know, Timothy, maybe you should go back to riding your BMX bike. I really think it suits you better. Jonathan was always the better skater. It was he who first taught me to skate. He was correct that riding bikes was more of my thing. He always liked to give me shit whenever I fell, and I was right there to give him the middle finger for his comments. I grabbed my skateboard, and we entered the restaurant and placed our order. The owner, Mike, greeted us as always with a smile and a free basket of french fries. I didn't know if the wide smile across my face was from that time in the past, or from the happiness I was feeling from being back there. We sat at our normal seats. A chill came over me as my happiness faded. I stared at my skateboard for a moment as I remembered what happened that day. My head hung. I knew what I was going to say and the road it would lead down, but there was no changing it. You know, we're going to have to give up skateboarding. Jonathan spun around and looked behind him. What, cops? He asked. No. I mean because of high school. Look, it's, it's bad enough we're going to be freshmen. But if we show up on day one riding skateboards, then we're going to be forever tagged in that group. I knew Jonathan well. An expression on his face told me what he was about to say before he even spoke a word. Since when do you care what group we're in? <laughs> we survived grade school, and the reason we did is because we stuck together, like we always do. Jonathan was correct. We had been together before kindergarten, and since then have been part of every social group that one could encounter. No matter what phase, we were the constant. We were always together. Man, grade school is one thing, I began. We started together with Miss Ladd, and we had our names before we even entered the first grade. But this is high school, and a private one at that. I doubt we will know anybody, and it's important to establish ourselves quickly. Jonathan smirked, then laughed at me. <laughs> wow. You seriously sound like a chick. Did you have that speech in your head for a long time? Tell me, should we grow our hair out and perk up our breasts so we can make it on the cheerleading squad and become homecoming queen? Establish ourselves. Let the rest of those trust fund brats worry about that. While the idea of changing who I was to fit in was also sickening to me, what Jonathan didn't understand was times were changing and we had to adapt, to change, along with it. It was one thing to take a my way or the highway approach in the eighth grade, but it would not work in high school. Jonathan's father had to work twice as hard as mine in order to get the money for him to attend school. All I wanted was to make sure that he would get the most out of it. Listen, man. What we had at Alcott was awesome, but let's face it, that's over now. It's always going to be you and me, but that isn't going to be enough for high school, especially this one. I'm not saying we need to sell out, but we need to make sure we do this right from day one or high school's going to suck big time. 
One thing we had done for each other since we met was rationally talk about the situations we were facing. There were many problems we had to hash out throughout the years, and some were tougher than others. But even at a young age, we were able to think things out and see where the other was coming from. I believe that's why we remained friends for so long. Are you sure this is just about being a freshman? Jonathan asked. You seemed a bit weird since I told you that my dad was able to get me into the school. I know you were worried about that, with our money situation and all. But my dad made it work. He saw how important it was for me to get into that school and for us to stay together. To watch out for each other, you know? No, no. Jonathan, it's, it's nothing like that. I wasn't worried about the money or anything like that. It was great, in fact. I was worried because I didn't want to start a new school alone, so having you is... Look, let's not get sappy about this. I just want to do this right, alright? We get one shot at this. Alright, man, I get you. It's not as if I want to be part of Team Loser in high school. But I'm not changing myself for anybody. But I understand what you're saying. I trust you, Timothy. I know you've got a plan, and I'll follow your lead, okay? I could see he did understand where I was coming from, but at the same time he looked at me as if I was pulling away from him. That was not my intention, but I knew from that moment that that was exactly what was happening. The owner laid down our plates as I looked out the window. I could feel the heat from the plate. It was hotter than it should have been. Jonathan continued eating, oblivious to me, as I started gasping for air. His mouth opened, and I could see he was talking to me, but I could no longer hear his words. Sweat poured from my head as the pain from before returned, sending me to my knees. I could still see the people outside the window but my vision was blurring and my energy drained as I felt myself being pulled away. Next time, chapter nine.